Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. In this episode, watch out for Hector and Larry you're going to see two extremes to watch out for in your hiring process. But before you do, I want to give a big warm thank you to our show sponsor today. Do you feel like you're swimming in the endless work of your house cleaning business with little hope of the income and freedom you started for in the first place? It's called the Valley of Despair. Do you relate? I met Debbie Sardone several years ago and have personally observed several of my industry friends turn their businesses around and reach seven figures with Cleaning Business Fundamentals, CBF. Check out my interview with the CBF founder entitled, A Buffalo Charges the Storm with Debbie Sardone. Would you like to join the nearly 1,000 students and alumni of CBF? Debbie is offering free consultations to listeners of this show through the Smart Cleaning School resources page to see if CPF could be the right solution for you. And remember what Debbie always says, for your business to change, you have to change. I have had this story on hold for several months, but now I'm ready to share the story of a young man that applied for a part-time job at C3 last summer that had all the signs of a potential leader. Let's call him Larry. One of our core values is ownership. I look for this quality in our applicants. Are they reliable, dependable, trustworthy? This is the foundation of the second core value of excellence. If they take ownership, they will work with excellence. Our final core value is safety. If they are a person who takes ownership and works with excellence, they will not let safety slip. I look for this and have a strict filtering process for C3 hiring. It's obvious when an applicant is lazy or not willing to work. His name is Hector. Story time. I remember working with my dad. He used to work for Pico Energy, and he was on a gas crew digging up streets with a jackhammer and the backhoe and and fixing gas lines that are deeply buried underneath the streets. So I got to work with him for the summer at the same company twice and got to work with him in the gas crew a few times during one of the summers. I got to see this up close and personal that there are Hectors out there in the world. So my dad was a very hard worker and he was like known for that. He is the worker in his gas utility crew. But again, there was a guy in that crew named Hector had always managed to do the least amount to not get fired. He never pulled his weight. We had a lot of weight on him too. Others in the crew, including my dad had to do his work. How? I have no idea how he pulled this off. Hector was, like I said, a little overweight, no, a lot overweight, and lazy. No one liked Hector. Can you imagine why? 
But Hector was just fine being Hector because he had a cushy job that paid well and others did the work. So from Hector's point of view, this is an amazing job. From the rest of his crew or his team's point of view, I do not want to go to work and deal with Hector. I hope he's sick. Like This is the kind of stuff. But the joke became anyone that was lazy was a Hector. I remember this when I worked from, with my dad, 19 and 20 years old. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite an eye-opener for sure. By the way, that guy Hector, he managed to retire from the utility company. And it's incredible that the leadership of this company allowed Hector's to survive. They absolutely kill morale. I saw it. I heard my dad and the other guys just going off on this guy behind his back. It, it's sad. It's really sad. But again, Hector was fine because he got paid and didn't have to do much work. It's obvious when a Hector shows up in your applicant pool. Would you agree? They stand out. But here's my question. What about the other extreme? Welcome, Larry. Larry applied to C3 and completed all of the steps to earn an interview. He was enthusiastic about cleaning. He had been working in cleaning for years part-time with his family. He was passionate about our company's mission and values. He was off the charts ambitious. He had young kids and had big goals and dreams. He listened to several of my podcasts for fun and was excited to work for me and get mentored by me. It was just, wow, this is the guy. He wanted to grow his own cleaning company down the road, so he wanted me to mentor him. That sounded awesome to me. He knew all the buttons to push for me, for sure. Larry had an aura around him that rang the bell I was looking for. As quoted in one of my favorite movies of all time, see if you can guess which movie it is, well, that brings us to Larry. Oh, yeah. I had a chance to speak with Larry today. That guy is a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. <laughs> I saw the potential in Larry to not just become a cleaning team member. I saw him rising quickly to become my first supervising team leader. I saw him rising beyond that to join the leadership team that we will build. I saw all kinds of potential. Have you ever met a Larry? He stands out just as much. I hired Larry. No brainer. He was a home run for sure. He said all the right things and presented himself really well. But in the action steps portion of my onboarding process, which is several steps on purpose, I noticed that he wasn't reliable during the weekends. He was working long hours with his dad and also tired from his full-time job during the week. I would send a step to complete and he would go silent over the weekend and active again Tuesday through Thursday. Okay, well, he must have just been tired. That's fine. He got back to me. This was a yellow flag as he wanted to be hired for weekend cleaning, but I just overlooked it. I pressed on anyway based on his words, his enthusiasm, and his potential. He hectored me in a way through the onboarding process and received every benefit of the doubt from me because he had so much potential. I was blinded. I set up his first training. Shortly after, he got his documents in. It took longer than it should have. Yellow flag, but I overlooked it. 
I mean, this is Larry. He's jacked. He's the perfect fit. He is the future of the organization. He's Larry. I was getting ready to meet him for our first training. And then he called off because he was sick. Oh, man, that stinks. Larry's sick. This was out of my control. He was so apologetic, and he's excited to start working with me. So I allowed him to reschedule. Then he missed the second one that we rescheduled because he was overcommitted with his other job on the weekends, which kept him out into the midnight hours. The training was set up for 7 o'clock a.m. on Saturday, and that sounded great to him on Thursday when we rescheduled it. But I guess it wasn't so great when he was out working with his dad until 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. He gets home probably at 4, goes to sleep, and wakes up at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And that's when he messaged me, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Ken. I overslept. I was I was out late. I'm excited to come to work with you. Hey, can we reschedule again? He was super apologetic. But this time I wisened up and realized what was happening. I was getting larried. Yes, not hectored. I was getting larried. He's the amazing, most perfect guy ever. But something was not lining up. His actions and his words were not lining up. He wasn't lazy like Hector. The guy was super ambitious. I admired how much he had worked with his family and for his family. I was blinded by the vision of the employee he could be based on what he said and his potential. The reality was that Larry was way over committed. He had the potential, but not the capacity to become the person I believed he could be. I never had to fire Larry. Here's why. Because I said, I will not be able to reschedule this training. He did not respond at all from that message. He just slinked away into the world that he was in. And I have no idea how he's doing today. I wish him well. I hope his potential cleaning business is going well, his work with his dad. I hope he's hitting his goals for his family. I wish him all the best. I'm just thankful the lesson I learned. Now check this out. I was talking with my 11-year-old son, Colby, about Larry, and I said this, Colby, we had a new employee that was really excited to work for us, but he didn't show up at work. What do you think about that? What do you expect your 11-year-old to say? But his answer almost dropped me to the ground. He said, Dad, that's worse than someone not wanting to work for you and showing up. At least that person gets the cleaning done. Did you hear my son Kobe dropping nuggets of gold out of the sky? I mean, come on. That's an 11-year-old boy saying such incredible wisdom. You see, Kobe had summed up Larry and Hector in one statement. Larry had all the ambition and he had all the potential to work like crazy, but he didn't show up. So no work was done. That's getting larried and strings you along because you think you're going to get this amazing person. That's getting larried. And Hector, he's not the right guy. He doesn't want to work for you. He doesn't do much work. He's lazy. But he stinking shows up on the job and gets something done. Hector didn't just sit on his butt. He did some work, enough to get by. And so what is worse? Hectoring or larrying? These are new verbs in the smart cleaning school. 
lexicon now, right? Oh, that's so funny. As leaders, we need to listen to people's words. Their words declare their intentions. But intentions don't get it done. We have to watch at the next level. Are people's intentions turning into corresponding actions that build trust and take ownership? Oh, I'm going to say that one more time. As leaders, we need to listen to people's words. Their words declare their intentions, but intentions don't get it done. We have to watch at the next level. Are people's intentions turning into corresponding actions that build trust and take ownership? I will not get fooled again by a Larry or a Hector, or as Roger Daltrey would say, I won't get fooled again. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's a classic one from The Who. Good stuff. Make sure to check out the interview with our CBF founder entitled A Buffalo Charges the Storm with Debbie Sardone. Debbie is offering free consultations and a special gift for listeners of the Smart Cleaning School through our resources page at smartcleaningschool.com forward slash resources to see if CBF could be the right solution for you. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.